You are listening to the weekly sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church in Canton, South Dakota. We're a church that strives to make disciples of Jesus Christ who make a difference. To learn more, visit us at cantonsdumc.org. And now, here's Pastor Clay. Our scripture this morning comes to us from the Gospel of John in chapter 8. I'll be reading verses 1 through 11, and I read from the New Revised Standard Version. While Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, early in the morning he came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and began to teach them. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and making her stand before all of them, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now in the law of Moses, we are commanded to stone this woman. But what do you say? They said this to test Jesus, so that they might have some charge to bring against him. But Jesus bent down and wrote in his finger on the ground. And while they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, Let anyone among you who is without sin be the first one to throw a stone at her. And once again, he bent down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the oldest. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus straightened up and said to her, Woman, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go your way, and from now on do not sin again. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our collective hearts be holy and acceptable to you. For you are our rock, and you are our redeemer. And we give you thanks for who you are as we say together, Amen. So transferring from a decent-sized state school to a small private Christian college did not come without its fair share of a learning curve. And I have to be honest with you, for the first couple of weeks I was at the small private Christian college that I went to, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to make it. Because I wasn't quite sure if I belonged there. The rules were different and the rules were more plentiful, and the rules were much less flexible than I was used to. And then there was the fact that there were unwritten rules, and that there were places that were on campus but yet off-limits purely by reputation. I had no clue if I was ever going to fit in, and I had no clue where I would fit in because I was a sophomore transfer. And I remember how much my, from the relationships that I made during my freshman year of college meant to me, meaning that I married one of the friends that I made during my freshman year of college. I was not sure at all if I was ever going to break into a friend group at the University of Sioux Falls. But then, two weeks into my time at USF, the best and worst possible thing happened. The choir was on its way to Swan Lake Christian Camp for their annual fall retreat. And with the way things were going, I thought that I had one course of action, and that was to bring all of my homework 
and to take over a table in the dining hall by the coffee pot because obviously, and just do as much homework as humanly possible during this time and just to stay out of the way. So that's what I tried to do. But then two things happened that changed kind of everything. And the first is this. Our campus pastor, Dennis Toome, Rev. Denny Den, pulled up to the choir retreat on the back of a Harley Davidson. And I thought to myself, I can breathe a little bit. Maybe this place is, a, is not too highbrow for a hayseed from Gregory, South Dakota. And the second thing is this. At night, after all of our formal activities were over, a guy named Leesman Sturgelison and a group of his friends started a card game at my table on purpose. And over the rest of that weekend, my homework that I was so sure was going to be the focal point of my weekend seemed to matter less and less, and I felt more and more at home at USF. And I want you to know that I know that my experience pales in comparison to the scripture that we just read. But there is still this universal experience of wanting to belong. It feels good to fit in. And there is no feeling quite like belonging. And I think I'm safe to say this. We have all been where I was in my sophomore year of college. Maybe not during your sophomore year of college, but we've all been there. We want to fit in and we don't know where we fit in and it's hard sometimes. And that can be especially true when it comes to our lives of faith. I know that I have often marveled at the stature of, and the demeanor, and the holiness of Jesus. And I've thought to myself, I know that I am not that. I've also had conversations with people that are outside of the church where they're just talking about how they could never possibly come to church because they're not worthy. And I know that in our own prayer lives, sometimes we struggle to bring things to the attention of God because we don't want to be a bother because there are bigger fish to fry than what's going on in my little life. And so the good question for the season of Lent becomes this. Am I accepted? In the presence of Jesus, am I accepted? And the interesting thing is that Jesus, or that the woman in our scripture today, she knows the answer. Because the woman in our scripture for this morning is caught in a sinful act that is punishable by death by stoning. And the scribes and the Pharisees bring her before a rabbi for the pronouncement of a sentence, which is, which is their job. But the problem is, is that the rabbi they have brought her in front of is the rabbi named Jesus. And by this time, the scribes and the Pharisees know that Jesus does things a little bit differently. And so here they are, pestering Jesus, trying to get get him to commit on a sentence for this woman, and Jesus bends down and writes in the dirt 
and then challenges them by saying, the one without sin is allowed to throw the first stone. And knowing that they do not break that threshold, the scribes and the Pharisees disperse, leaving this woman alone with Jesus. Here's the little twist to the story. In the minds of the scribes and the Pharisees, this story is not about the woman. And that shows in how they treat her. Because basically, the scribes and the Pharisees do not care about the woman at all. The woman actually doesn't need to be there. They just need someone to accuse in front of Jesus. They expose her to this unnecessary public display of shame, and they did not care what that would do to her. They only cared that they had this opportunity to catch Jesus in a gotcha moment. Because with what this woman supposedly did, the law is clear. And they want Jesus to make it so. They want Jesus to make it known that the law is clear. And so they think they have Jesus trapped. Because if Jesus were to deny that this woman was guilty, he would violate the law. He would put himself on even shakier ground with the religious leadership, and he would put himself on shaky ground in the eyes of the Romans. And if Jesus were to condemn her to death, Jesus would cease to be who he is. Jesus would lose his good name of being a person who is all about grace and all about uh, mercy. And never again would he be called the friend of sinners. So the Pharisees and the scribes think that they have come up with the perfect trap for Jesus. It didn't matter how they got there. They had Jesus in their grasp. Or so they thought. Notice how it isn't about the woman at all. Notice how they referred to her, this woman. Presumably she has a name, but they don't care. She's not a person, she is just bait in their trap of Jesus. They humiliated her. They professed this dubious respect for the law. They claimed to be protecting the, moral, the, the public morality, and they professed to wanting Jesus' advice, but it was all just a sham. The woman was only useful to her, or was only useful to them, as long as, they, as she was useful to the scribes and the Pharisees. And so I ask you this morning, does that sound like acceptance? No, right? So then after all of this, after all she has been through, there she is standing face to face with Jesus. And maybe she's heard some rumblings about him, but in all actuality, he's just another rabbi. And so you have to imagine that in the back of her mind are an awful lot of questions. Will he be like the others? Will he look down his nose at me? 
Will he berate me and make me feel awful? Will he treat me like a transfer sophomore college student? And the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that this question has been answered over and over again. Jesus himself has answered this question over and over again. And the answer is is that Jesus will accept her. The answer is that despite anything else that has happened to her, anything else she has done, she is welcome in the presence of Jesus. She is accepted. This is who Jesus is. It is Jesus who taught Nicodemus by night so that he could fully understand what Jesus was about without exposing his fascination to the other teachers of the law in John 3. It is Jesus who offered living water to the scandalous Samaritan woman in John 4. It is Jesus who time and time again graciously taught the disciples when they did not fully understand. It was Jesus who touched the untouchable. It was Jesus who loved the unlovable. It was Jesus who accepted the unacceptable. And that is just as true now as it was then. Friends in Christ, no matter what you have been through in life, no matter who you have been in life, no matter who you are right now, it is Jesus who welcomes you. Rest assured, you are welcome here. There are no unwritten rules to worry about. There is nothing that is off limits by reputation. You do not have to worry about being good enough or worthy enough or highbrow enough. Jesus welcomes you and invites you to bring everything that makes you who you are fear, frailty, fascination. And Jesus invites you to come and see. And Jesus invites you to follow me. Our scripture makes this clear. Jesus judges no one. When the crowds dispersed, no one was left to condemn the woman and Jesus had no intention of making it any other way. But the thing about Jesus is that Jesus never leaves us exactly the same as we were. The woman is no exception. After warding off the accusers, after giving everyone something something to think about, Jesus invites her to think differently about her life. Jesus invites her to think bigger about her life. Telling her to go and sin no more. She is not who the Pharisees made her out to be. She is not her sin. She, is, she has a potential for so much more. And the story is incomplete because we don't know what happens to her after she encounters Jesus, but we know that she was set free in ways that she could not fathom. Jesus accepts us as we are, but he is constantly challenging us to grow in our grace. 
to grow in our service to others and to grow in our own identity found in him so that our lives look like his. So rest assured, friends in Christ, you are accepted. You don't have to just do homework by the coffee pot. You are welcome here. But you also have to listen as Jesus says to you, as he said to her, go and sin no more. Let's pray together. Living Christ, we give you thanks for the challenge of your word. We give you thanks for the acceptance that we feel and that in your grace we can extend to others. We give you thanks for your invitation to constantly be working on ourselves so that we reflect your life to the world. Let us hear and heed your call once more. And let us live, set free by your grace, but bound to you in love. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon from the Canton United Methodist Church. Join us in person or online at 10 o'clock every Sunday morning for worship. And now go in peace and serve the Lord. I want to encourage you after the message to head over to our YouTube channel and click the subscribe button. Over on YouTube, you will find videos of our entire worship service, a video cast of our weekly Cut for Time conversation with Pastor Clay and Eric, songs from our praise band One Way Up, and a bunch of other great things as well. Just search for Canton United Methodist Church. It would mean a lot to have you subscribe.